morning. Welcome to Encounter Church. My name is Dallas Darnell, um, and today's a big day, right? July 31st. Nobody knows what today is? Today's my birthday. Thank you, thank you. Um, this is kind of weird, but do y'all want to sing to me? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, but, you know, for me, birthdays have always been hard. I'm just so thrilled to be here with you in front of you because I went to school. You know, I, I turned five years old, and then I started kindergarten. I went to school for 13 years with a birthday in the summer. Now, if you have a summer birthday, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, you don't get to go to school, and people don't, you know, you don't get to go in and say, it's your birthday. I never had that. And then I go on to college, and I, same thing, summer birthday. And then I go into education, and I've been in education for 21 years. Same thing, summer birthday. So nobody really ever cares that it's my birthday, so um, I, I kind of make a big deal out of it myself, alone. Um, but what, what I like to do on my birthday besides throw pity parties for myself is uh, I often like to kind of look back and reflect. Now, when I was a kid, it was like, I, remember when you were a kid on your birthday, you thought everybody in the world cares that it's my birthday, right? People across the ocean like want to sail over and wish me a happy birthday. I mean, it's about the presents, the cake. It's all about you on your birthday. But as I, as I get older, and I'm, I'm not here to hide anything, you can probably tell by looking that I, today's my 44th, um, probably look a little younger, you know, you all probably thought, wow, I thought he wasn't a day over 25, um, but, so, I, you know, birthdays have, you know, always kind of been kind of a quiet thing or whatever, but as, as I've gotten older, I've always looked back and reflected on my life, on this day, and where I've come what I've come from, what I've come out of, what I've been able to go through. And I think back on times in my life when I'd come to a place and I would get stuck, stuck right there. And the reason I would get stuck is because I didn't want to move forward because my next step or what I had to do next was really hard. And so I'd become stuck and I'd begin to build this paper wall. And that's what series we've been in for the past month, and we're going to finish up today. And we talk about paper walls. We're talking about those excuses that we make, that we build around us so we don't have to take the step forward. Like this is really, this is not, you don't understand, Dallas, this is not a paper wall. This is a brick wall. And I get that. Like I've been there. Like there's, there's no way I can do that thing. There's no way I can have that conversation. There's no way I can stop doing that thing. There's no way I can step away from those toxic relationships. Whatever it may be, it's hard. And so to take that next step forward, we're like, no. And we don't call them excuses, right? We call them reasons. Those are our reasons because they're real. But the, the, the past few weeks, we've been talking about why. Why you should stop making excuses. And maybe you're the part, like, if you've been here, or you've listened in online, or you've went back and listened, maybe you're like, okay, we get it. We know we should make excuses. Can somebody tell me how to stop, right? Like, tell me the how. 
And so that's what I want to do today. I, I, I've thought about the many times that I've gotten stuck in my 44 years. And what have I done to move beyond those paper walls, to become unstuck? If, uh, and I want to introduce you to one of my uh, best friends from when I was little. Um, his name's Mario. And those of you who are younger, I don't want to hear nothing about your Xbox and, and, and Fortnite, whatever it might be. Uh, I had some uh, little kids down here this morning that were playing uh, Pervy, or I kept saying it wrong, and they were yelling at me. I don't know what it is, but it's nothing compared to this. This was my best friend as a child. We spent a lot of time together. Now, he might not say we were best friends because I was not very kind to him. I would yell at him, I would scream at him, I would blame him. It's his fault, it's not me. And I would get so upset. In fact, um, a few years ago, my wife and children had the nerve to break off the relationship between Mario and I because of the way that I treated him. And because I get a little competitive, a little obsessive with my video games. But, but as a kid, like I, I love Mario. But this particular level in Mario, this is Super Mario Brothers 3. Th looking at this gives me some, like, old anxiety. And if you've ever played this game, you know what I'm talking about. And it's not Mario. It's not the bricks. It's that guy. Because what's going to happen, if you know, is once I start moving forward a little bit, he's going to get angrier. And he's about to come to life. And he's going to start circling. And he's going to swoop down and try to hit me. And if I don't just have to worry about that, this is coming up too. Over there, see that little piece? That's quicksand. And if this was a video, you would see the quicksand begin to roll. They're like It's moving. And if you get into it, you begin to sink. And so you see here, like this particular time, um, I remember the first time I jumped in, I just like, oh, what's going on here? And I just sunk. And th this guy's down here. But if you know anything about the game, like, you don't just sit there and sink, right? What do you do? Let me give you a hint. Jump, right? That's, that's the sound of Mario jumping, right? That's like one of my favorite noises as a child, so I had to put that in there. But, yeah, you got to jump. You don't just sit there and sink. And so many times in my life, I've gotten to a place, and I've built a paper wall, and I got stuck, and I allowed myself to begin to sink because I didn't want to take a step forward because of that paper wall, because of that reason, that excuse. And in Ephesians 2.10, Paul says, for we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Before God created the world, he had me in mind. He had you in mind. And he had a good plan for you. And he had good things for you to do. From the beginning of time, he thought you up. He created you. And he wants to do amazing things through you. And he knows that that next step that you need to take, he knows that that thing you keep making excuses about is hard. So the how, like how do we stop building these paper walls? More, how do we bust through the paper walls? How do we bust through these excuses? 
Um, and so I, I think there's four things that I kind of came up with um, that I found that have helped me along the way. Uh, and and the, first, the first thing we have to do is we have to identify their excuse, our excuses, okay? Call them what they are, right? You don't just, don't just identify them, but interrogate them. And say, is this really a reason or is this just an excuse? And then label what it is. It's an excuse. A way, I think, to make it simpler is to fill in the blanks. I can't blank because blank. I can't tell that person I'm sorry because they're, they're going to, like, ignore me or they're mad at me, and there's no way it's going to work out, so I, I'm not, I'm not going to tell them I'm sorry. Or I can't give more to those people in need or give more to the church or give it all to the church because, you know, I, I have my own issues with finances. I, I don't have enough, and I'm afraid that if, if I give, you know, it's not, I'm, I'm going to miss out here or there, and so I just, I really can't give more. Or maybe I can't serve in the church. I can't step in and help out. I just don't have the time for that. Um, and also, I have no ability or gift at all that those people can use at the church or, or gifts or anything. So I, I, can't, I can't serve. I mean, I'd like to, but it's, I definitely can't. I can't stop cheating at work on my work, doing things that I know I shouldn't be doing in my work that are wrong because if my boss finds out, I'd probably get fired. And more so, like, I need to look good at my job, so I have to make sure that I, I keep doing things the way that I am. So you fill in the blank. Like, what is it that you can't do, and what is the excuse that you've put in place of that? And then once you identify it, and you realize, you know what, that's just an excuse that I've been making. I need to stop. I think the next thing we have to do is identify what you're missing. What's on the other side of that paper wall? What's beyond that quicksand, if I can just jump out of it? What's over there? And to, to make it simpler again, I think we can say this. I can't blank because, our excuse, but if I do, this is over there. I can't forgive that person that hurt me because they deserve to hurt too. So I will not tell them I forgive them. I will not move on from what they did. They hurt me. They destroyed my life. I'm not going to forgive. But if I do then I won't carry around this bitterness that's weighting me down anymore. I maybe will have a relationship with that person that I miss and that I love from long ago. Maybe I, maybe I can forgive. Or I can't work less at my job and spend more time with my family. I mean, I'd like to, but I can't because i got to have purpose in life, and my, my purpose is my job, and I want to be the best at my job. And when I walk in, I want everybody to see me and say, you're the best. It's all, you're just awesome at everything you do. I can't. I mean, I, I, would, I would like to spend more time with my family, but I can't. I have, I have to work more. But if I do, then my kids are going to realize that they're loved 
that they matter. They're going to grow up with confidence, and they're going to be able to face life with confidence because they had a mother or a father who loved them, who spent time with them. Or maybe I can't get help or go to therapy for that addiction or that emotional struggle that I'm going through because it's embarrassing. And what, what if somebody finds out? I just, I, I, I don't think I can. But if I do, then these chains that have held me down for years, decades, can maybe finally be broken. And I can start treating people better because I'm not carrying that addiction anymore or that pain anymore that we figured out where it's really coming from. Maybe I can get help. Or maybe finally, um, I, I can't, I can't open my Bible in the morning and, and read scripture and, and spend time praying and talking with God. I mean, that, that sounds awesome. I just, I don't have the time. I have to work out. I have things to do. I got to get ready for work. I, I just, I don't have time for that. But if I do, maybe I'll walk through my day full of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those fruits of the Spirit because I spent time with God in the morning. So I, I, I think we have to fill in the blanks. What is it? You, you say, I can't do it because. Is that just a paper wall? Is that just an excuse? And think about what could happen if you did the breakthrough that you could encounter. In Jeremiah 29, 11, I love this verse. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God has something in store for you on the other side of that excuse. And he just needs you to take a step forward, and he wants to step forward with you, and he wants to do mighty things through you and for you. You just have to be willing to take that step. And it kind of brings us to the next, the next part is for you to realize who is with you when you're stepping through. Now, you may not know that I've shared that, you know, I've worked in education for 21 years, but I'm also a mechanic. Did I hear somebody laugh? Um, I, I like to think I'm a mechanic. I mean, I, I change oil. I do brakes. Um, if you want to set up an appointment, see me afterwards. Um, but I'm not really a mechanic. I like to think I am. But I have this friend, Mike. And, like, I, I'll talk, and Mike's actually a mechanic. Like, he's been a mechanic his whole life, and he is phenomenal. And so I'll call Mike. Hey, Mike, I, I have this. I'm hearing this noise, or there's this leak here. And he's like, tell me more. And I'll tell him, and he'll, he'll diagnose it. And he's always right. And so I'll, I'll jump in, and I'll fix whatever it is that Mike had suggested. A couple weeks ago, we started, like, hearing this noise when we would turn our steering wheel. Maybe you've heard in your car, you know, this whining, awful noise. Started seeing a leak, a slow leak, like, on the driveway. And I looked, and under the hood where the, um, the power steering fluid overflows when it gets too full that little tank is empty and so I fill it back up and everything's good for a little while 
but then a few weeks later, it starts to leak again. I'm sorry, this has been going on for, for several weeks, months. A couple weeks ago, it's empty. I fill it up, drive somewhere not very far, and it's empty again, and there's a puddle under the van. And so I'm like, okay, something's really wrong here. And so I call Mike. I'm like, Mike, you know, uh, something's going on with the power steering. What do we think it is? And he said, where is it leaking at? And I told him, he said, it's probably this here, here, here. I was like, all right, I'll be in touch. And so I get to work. I rip the front bumper off of my van. I just start pulling stuff off. It looks like this. My wife walks out and says, what are you doing? I was like, I'm fixing the power steering line. It's leaking underneath. And then I take these, this tool right here, and the line that's leaking, I just go in and I snap it off on both sides. I just pull it off, right? And fluid starts pouring out. And I'm actually able to eventually fix it. But I move forward not even caring the risk. And it's not my confidence that I'm moving forward in. It's because of Mike, right? Because so many times I've messed up and Mike, I said, Mike, um, like I did the brakes, but now the noise is twice as bad. He's like, I'll be over. And he comes over, he takes it apart, he says, you put everything on backwards. Um, but, you know, let me fix it for you. Or, you know, and it's every time. And, and so I begin to move forward in the confidence knowing that Mike is there for me if I need him. And it's the same thing knowing that when we step forward that Jesus, if we are followers of Jesus and we call him, he is with us. And if what we're doing is for the good of his name, for the good of ourselves, and for the good of other people, and he wants you to take that step forward, he's going to be with you. And so you move forward in his confidence. He, if you begin to fall on the other side, he's the one that's going to catch you. He's the one that's going to sustain you and be with you. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to my power. No, not my power. According to his power that is at work within us. See, it's his power that you're stepping into that next step. That's the only reason that I can step forward and do hard things. Even though it seemed like this excuse is holding me back, the only reason I can step beyond that paper wall is because I know that Jesus wants me to, and he's got a plan for me on the other side. He's going to sustain me through this hard step, through this decision, through this conversation. Whatever it may be, he is with me, he is for me, and he wants what's good for me, and he knows that there is a breakthrough, and so he's like, come on, let's go take my hand. I'm going to take you through. Okay, you know what? I'll carry you through. Whatever you need, I'm with you. I'll go through with you. And so we think about these, these three things. Like, can you identify what's your excuse? And, and, you know, label it as an excuse. Like, that's just an excuse. The reason I'm not doing this, making that phone call, stepping away from that relationship fixing that relationship, stepping away from that sin, whatever it may be, is it just an excuse that's stopping you? Once you understand that and you think about what's on the other side, the breakthrough that you could experience, what's, and then you realize mostly who is with you. God is with you stepping through. He is for you. 
So what do you do next? Like you're there, you're ready. And so what do you have to do? You have to jump. <laughs> right? You got to jump. Like right then. When I was a kid, we used to go on um, these family reunions to a lake in, in the Ozarks. I grew up in Missouri. We'd go to the Ozarks and we'd go to this lake for, uh, for family reunions. And every time we'd go out on a boat and we would head over to uh, these like cliffs, like 30 feet off the water. People just jumping off these things into the water. I was like, wow, I'm going to do that. And they're like, yeah, you should. So I put on my life jacket, jump in the water, swim over, and begin to climb up to the top. And I get up there, and I'm smiling, and people are jumping off. And I get up there, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Woo! 30 feet looks a lot more from 30 feet up than it does from 30 feet down. And so I'm like, I don't know. And I'm standing there, and people are running and jumping off and just going by me. And I'm like, come on, go. You're in the way. I slowly sneak back and go down the way I came, swim back to the boat. And people are like, why didn't you jump? I was like, it's high. Have you been up there? You know how high that is? They're like, yeah, but that's like, and they're like, the reason that you didn't jump is not because it's high. Or because it's hard. Dallas, when you get up there, don't think about it. You've got to jump right now. Get up there and just jump. Don't think about it. Because the longer you stand there and think about it, the less chance of you jumping off. So I, I was like, all right, I'll try that. So I climbed up there. And I, I was back. And I just, I just ran and jumped. And I went underwater. And I came up. And everybody was cheering for me. And I was like, yes, thank you, thank you, yes. And I did it again, and it just got easier and easier because I realized that if I'm st- the longer I wait, the more stuck I become. Wherever you are, you may need to get up and leave right now and go make a phone call. You may need, as soon as the service is over, go set up whatever it is you need to set up. Don't wait. Because the longer that you wait, the less chance it's going to happen. Don't let life begin to come in tonight or this week or whenever and suck the, the, the courage to step forward out of you. Do it now. Take that leap. Take that jump. Take that step forward. In, in James, uh, I love James. And, and James says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. See, I know the will of God for your life. Y'all are like, what is it? Tell me what it is. It, I, I've learned that the will of God for everybody's life is to read the Bible and do what it says, and he will take you to where you need to be. And so to, to listen to the word and, and to do just do what it says. Because if you don't, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says... It's like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, gets crazy now, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So it's like me looking in the mirror and checking myself out, which I do quite often, and, you know, saying, oh, yeah, I got that nice haircut, nice and short, just like I like it, good fade. And then I turn around, and my kids are like, Dad, nice haircut, looking good. 
I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm growing it out down to my shoulders. Don't it look good? They're like, what? You just looked in the mirror. Like, that's senseless. And James is saying it's the same. Like, you, God tells you what to do. You know what you should do. You know it's better to do it his way. It's for the good of his name, the good for yourself, or the good of other people. He wants you to do it. It's better to do it. You not doing it is as senseless as that. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, into the Bible, into the word of God that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Blessed. So what, what is it that is your fill-in-the-blank? What might it be? On, on my birthday, I always think about this guy that I knew when I was younger. Um, and I, I look at where he is now. And it's, it's absolutely, it, it, it's, it could be heartbreaking if I would let it, if I think about it too much. But I think about him, and he, I knew him when we were younger, and he, he got married at a young age, had children, but because of his anger issues and addictions that he allowed himself to get into, um, the addictions came from him trying to fill himself up to make himself feel good. His kids and his wife wouldn't have anything else to do with him. They moved on. So he, he got married again, and same thing. Anger, addiction, lust, other things that he could not control. Ruined another marriage, so he moved on. He, he hasn't been able to keep a job because he's dishonest in his work and he find his employer finds out and has to let him go and it's just it's bad choice after bad choice after bad choice and now he's all alone he has nobody because the way he treats people the things he does nobody wants to be around him do you know who that is that's me if not for the grace and the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ. If not for him, that's where I am right now. He pulled me from all of that. When I was 25, I was on that path. And I stepped into a church and heard people talking about Jesus. I'm like, what is this? And he said, follow me. And I said, like, I can't. I just, I can't because, you know, I'm not, I don't know what's going on with those people that follow you. It, it seems a little weird, and I'm just not sure. But eventually, in May of 2004, I came to a place where I'm like, yes, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Breakthrough. A little while later, he's like, I want you to go um, and go into the church and just help take care of some babies. I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> not me. I'm, I'm not going to. I can't help out. You know, I'm here to, to kind of come and listen to the music. I, I, that, that's not for me. No, come on. Come on, I want you to do this. And eventually I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Boom, breakthrough. I want you to get baptized. I'm like, I'm 25 years old. Like, I, I, I can't get, yeah, you need to get baptized in front of your church, in front of others to let them know. Because what baptism is, is you letting other people know that you now follow me. And I want you to show them that. I'm like, yeah, but I, I can't go up in there. I'm, an, I'm older and it's just, and I was like, you know what, let's do it. Boom. 
And it was just, all I've done is just say yes. And the next time, it's easier to say yes because I see his power. I am absolute garbage without him. He is everything good. And I get so passionate about this because I know where I would be without him. Without his mercy and his love and his goodness. He is on my side. He is for me. He wants what's best for me. And for the past 19 years, he has just taken me to places. People that I grew up with, if they saw what I was doing now, they'd say, no way. I had a friend that when we were in high school, his, he, his dad was the pastor at the local small little church. And the, him and two other kids in our school would go on these little youth groups. And the rest of us were like, man, he never wants to do anything. But he, like, he was solid, man. He wouldn't swear. He would do everything that was worthy of what God wanted him to do. He didn't care what we thought. But he was still our friend. You know, we still hung out with him. And about eight years ago, I get a phone call. His name's Ben. I get a phone call from Ben. And the first thing he says is, Dallas, what in the world, man? I am so proud of you. I was like, Ben, you know it's not me. You know it's him. He can do so much. If you're on the edge and you're like, you know what? I, I think I'm almost ready to give my life to Jesus. I think I'm almost ready to serve him. I think I'm almost ready to give. I think I'm almost ready to forgive that person. I'm almost ready to take whatever that step is then jump. Do it. Again, we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, for God, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God thought me up long before July 31st, 1978. He thought me up long before that. He thought of me before he created the world, before day one. I'm that important to him. I matter that much to him. And he said, if you'll let me do things through you, I'm sorry, if you'll let me do things in you and begin to change your heart and your character and the person that you are, then I am going to do absolutely amazing things through you. And you are too. You're as important. You are so important to him and you may not feel it. You're like, Dallas, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know the things I'm into. There's just no way. There is nothing. There's nobody that's too far from his grace and his mercy and his love. I don't stand here boasting about myself because, again, I am nothing. It's all him. And listen, it's one step at a time. Your step may be, I'm going to come back to church next week. And I'm going to check out this new series they're starting. Maybe I've been coming a few times. You know what? I want to I want to just kind of step into a small group and see what's going on there. Get to know some of these people. You know, I you know, I'm I'm kind of good with um making coffee. Maybe maybe I'll check out the cafe team. I'm a really kind person. I wonder if they need somebody else to welcome people at the door. Your step doesn't it's not so big that you can't take it. The only thing stopping you is an excuse. And I don't mean to like come across as harsh or angry. I just know what God can do with your life. I know the amazing things that he can do in you and the amazing things he can do through you if you'll let him. Let's pray.
God, thank you so much for your power that is in us for those who believe. Uh, Thank you so much for just the opportunity to be in this place, to worship you, um, to serve you, to speak your name. Jesus, I thank you on my birthday for what you've done in my life. The fact that you even give me the opportunity to stand here and to tell people about you, about your grace and your love and your mercy and your goodness and your faithfulness and the amazing things that you have planned for every single person in this room and those online who would give their life to you, who would follow you, who would just take that next step of obedience to whatever it is you want to do. God, I pray for every person in this place and online that right now they would lift that excuse up to you. They would lift that thing they need to do up to you and that you would help them to realize that that excuse is made out of paper and it can be crumpled and torn up and thrown away and you have big things planned on the other side. As we sing, God, I pray that you will do amazing things in this place. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.